You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. That was a soft approach. Oh, that's very nice. Do you like my soft voice, Ryan? It's very soothing. I feel like I'm at a spa. Oh, yeah. You're listening to 99.7 WKDQ. Hey, folks. It's been a long election week, and I hope you're feeling a little better. I hope you're feeling relaxed. I hope you know that the world will get better and we can all get along. Fuck. Hey, happy election. Uh, it was a long week, man. I, I, I didn't sleep. It was, uh, it's been crazy. Whatever side you voted for, we're getting, here's, here's the deal. We're all getting along. We're all going to figure it out. We're all going to be nice to each other. And that's just the way it is. How do you like that? I hope so. Uh, I have, I have, I have faith because you got to have faith, 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 the faith, the faith, gotta have faith. <laughs> Look, you know what I always say? Huh? Well, I don't know. I'm not religious, but I, I believe in God. I, I'm just not religious, right? I don't, mm-hmm. you know, believe what you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to believe in, that's you. I, I don't judge. And you shouldn't judge me. Mm. But I, you, you kind of think, you know, sometimes if there's a God, if you believe in God, and there's, you know, he created this wonderful world and this planet and this whatever, mm-hmm. the universe. You don't have to get too deep here. We're not getting deep. I'm not getting deep because it's, it's hard for me to get deep. Yeah. But all of a sudden, if we're just destroying the planet, mm-hmm. murderer killing each other and all all these destructive things, Mm self-destructive. If there is a God, don't you think eventually he's going to be like, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you earth. (laughs) Oh yeah. You hate them. You hate them. You're going to be mean to them and you're going to manipulate them. And you're going to, Oh, here's a virus. (laughs) Here's Here's the plague. Here's the virus. He chucked a meteor at us recently. Right. Whatever it is. It's like, you know, we're either going to destroy each other and the world will end someday. Yeah. Or we're going to just say, hey, it's so much easier to just say, hey, you believe what you want to believe. I'll believe. Let's just respect each other. Let's just. And we don't. And we just have to. So I don't care who you voted for. Let's just figure it out. It's it's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's all I'm going to say, Ryan. Got to try not to hurt each other. That's um, it, man. Just just be kind. <sighs> try not to judge, man. I, I, I think we all judge. I do it. I'm not going to sit here and preach to you. We all fuck. We're all assholes. Let's just. We're all assholes, but there are assholes around us. And, you know, some assholes are trying to help and some assholes are trying to kill us. That's true. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with me every week. It means a great deal. Ryan and I have a job. So does Bryce. Uh, Thank you, Westwood One, for supporting the podcast. And thank you, every Patreon out there. If you don't know what Patreon is, especially when the show wasn't uh, performing and we just didn't have Westwood One came aboard, but, but Patreon, patrons out there have really, you know, saved the show in a lot of ways. I mean, they really contribute. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, what's the word? It's, uh, they have been very helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm very uh, appreciative for, mm-hmm. for, for all of you guys out there. And if you want to join Patreon, uh, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash inside of you and uh, join the community. It's a lot of fun and uh, we do a lot of fun things and there's Zooms and there's uh, merch boxes. Just just check it out, patreon.com slash inside of you. And um, uh, we had a stage it last week, uh, Rob Danson and I, we do a stage it every Saturday, every last Saturday of every month and it's a lot of fun. We play live music, covers. It's so fun. It's like this little community and there's, there's prizes and again, Zooms and all, all stuff like that. So if you'd like... I'd like you to go to stageit.com slash Michael Rosenbaum. You can just follow me on there. It's easy. Just follow me. When there's a show, you'll get alerted and you can come and that's it. And uh, you could tip if you want, or you don't have to. I mean, it's just a fun. You listen to some music uh, on a Saturday and uh, at the end of the month. And uh, also Rosenbaum and dancing.com. I believe it is where you can get shirts. 
Also, uh, the Inside of You store. If you go to store.insideofyoupodcast.com, you can get merch. Take 10% off. Just use the code INSIDE10. Autographs, tumblers, shirts, wine glasses, towels, all that shit. And uh, thank you. And follow us on the handles. What are the handles, Ryan? They are at Inside of You Pod on Twitter. That's correct. At Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and, and Facebook. And Facebook. Yeah. That's it. So you could listen. You could follow us. You could write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please go to YouTube and just go to YouTube.com and, and type in Michael Ro- or Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. That's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I think I did all that. I don't know how to shorten the URLs. So uh, just go to YouTube.com and subscribe. It really helps. And I noticed that the subscriptions have increased, the mm-hmm. subscribers. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So thank you. If you like this show today and you haven't listened to the show and you're like, hey, this is pretty cool, check it out. Subscribe. Uh, shout out to all my friends out there and family and uh, listeners, everybody out there who comments on messages and supports the podcast and supports me as, a, as an artist. And um, also shout out to foodonfoot.com foodonfoot.org foodonfoot.org it's it's tough times and uh especially for these um these nonprofits. and so if you want to if you're looking for a charity there's no better than uh you know foodonfoot.org and the ronald mcdonald house so donate become a 98 dollars club member like i am um shout out to my boy spencer sorry spencer too but preston (laughs) preston christensen i love you buddy i hope you're feeling well and your mom too i think that's about it why don't we get into a huge episode? This is, I've been trying to do this for a while. It's uh, the Justice League Unlimited. It is the original cast. We did it. Uh, people have been asking me about it. And so here today, Carl Lumley, John Johns, mm. Susan Eisenberg, Wonder Woman, Phil Lamar, Green Lantern, George Newbern, Superman, Maria Canals Barrera as Hawkgirl, me, Michael Rosamum as The Flash, Kevin Conroy as Batman. He's not here today. You could listen to his interview from a, a month or two ago. He's sensational. We read a script that I wrote today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ryan, are you excited? I'm very excited. I have a role. You do have a role. I have a line. You do have a line. <laughs> Let's get inside of the Justice League Unlimited. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the podcast. Listen, I've never interviewed more than really one or two people on occasion. So this is five of you. Which means you'll have to talk a little less, Michael. Which is, (laughs) you know what? I hope so. But look, I guess the best way to do this is just get into it. Um, First, I want to say this is a real treat. We've been trying to do this. And as Susan just said, first of all, George Newbern, Superman, Phil Lamar, Green Lantern, Maria Canals, Barrera, Hawkgirl, Carl Lumley, Martian Manhunter, Susan Eisenberg, Wonder Woman, I'm the Flash, uh, Batman, Kevin Conroy. I did him separately. He's busy as crap. And not that we aren't, but uh, we're pretty busy. I know we all are. Or you guys are. (laughs) Not me. So busy. Well, either busy or bored. One or the other. <laughs> it begins with a B. I'm um, something with a B. <laughs> now, Susan, you, you just said to all of us that it's our 20th anniversary of uh, Justice League Unlimited. So we started, I th- what year did we start? 2001. Yes. Are you sure? So next yeah. Year. For, for Justice League, not Unlimited. Justice League is 2001. Oh, I, I, was, I, was I a part of that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. That, that was before you left. For, you ran to Canada. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, you were part of it. You were the original. You, you are uh, our oh, flash. Oh, good. Oh, good. 
Now, which, you know, which means, Michael, you need to be getting ready for your Smallville 20th after that. Well, Smallville, it is 20. We've been, uh, before this whole pandemic started, Tom and I were kind of doing these conventions and doing these Smallville nights, kind of the 20th. But it is. This year, I think, is, or is it next year? No, it's next year. Next year will be the 20th anniversary. Why do you know these things about me that I don't know? Because <laughs> we're fans. Because I drink less. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm not a big drinker. So look, how is everyone, we'll, we'll start out with Carl, but how is everyone doing and you know, holding up during this pandemic? And like, ha- has it affected your voice work? Has it affected your work in general? It's affected everybody else in the world's work. So how has it affected you? Carl, we'll start with you. Um, I'm doing very, very well. Um, I miss uh, certain aspects of um, life pre-COVID, but I've also almost always been a little bit of a social distancer. So um, <laughs> in some ways, it's not that much of a strain. Um, I, um, I'm doing a lot more writing. I have a number of things that are, were pending that will hopefully unpend when um, things move on. But um, I, don't, I don't really mind it. I, I feel like this has been... Um, an opportunity because at the same time COVID has been going on. Uh, you know, I was raised in Minneapolis and the, um, the tragedy um, that occurred has been a large part of uh, taking up a good bit of my time as well. So um, it's been uh, an interesting convergence and I have found myself with um, a lot to do. I love that. And Carl, and it's, you know, we always think of you. We always talk about you because we're all little social butterflies for the most part. And, you know, and, and you're just such a lovable guy and so talented. And Andrea, whether I'm talking Andrea Romano, the amazing director who directed us for many years and many things or other people, it's just always like, Carl, he's so great. But you're kind of like sort of an anomaly. I don't know. You just kind of you do your own thing. It's not that you don't love everybody, but Carl likes to do his own thing. Is that correct? No, I do. I I, um, I love everybody. And this, when Susan just said 20 years, I mean, when I think about what has transpired in over 20 years, and I think about the number of things that I've done and the number of individuals that and projects that have just slipped away and I've completely forgotten about. Justice League has never been that. Um, I still can call very vividly moments in that wonderful booth with all of you um working on those those amazing scripts and feeling um connected because for me it was always like theater it always felt like we were working on the top of our intelligence and um and not holding back so so much of that had to do with Andrea and the, uh, the scripts, but it also had to do with this energy, which I, um, I still hold after 20 years. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a bonding thing. I've never experienced something like that where, you know, when you do a TV show, you might have a table read or a movie, but I never experienced it with voiceover work. And, uh, you know, when we would go in there, Andrea was very specific. She wanted to get in there and let us all get a feel for it. And, uh, it was just, uh, you know, it was like an hour of reading the script and then getting in there and doing it. I think it really helped and why, why it made it uh, such a successful show. Although we didn't last as many years as we probably should have, we can get into that. So George, uh, 
What about you? What have you What have you been doing? And ha- what have you? Has it been tough? Uh, Obviously, you know, it depends on what. There's. I'm sorry. There's a leaf blower nearby. Just tell me if it's too loud, and I'll find a different place. I'll just. Uh, I'll loud. exit you from this whole thing. You know, we can hear you fine, George. Yeah, we're, you're fine. Really, George. It's so loud. Okay. Uh, no, I'm. I, you know, it's been. It's been uh, kind of a, in some ways really peaceful and and uh, really great times with my family. I have a place up north in San Inez, and we hung out for two months up there, and got to be with my kids and all the rest of that. But now that I've been back in Los Angeles for the last two months, uh, I, I'm, I'm really anxious to see people and be more social. I mean, I just, I am more social than I thought I was. Uh, I miss uh, being near people and, and other than my family. Which, you know, love my family. <laughs> like in the beginning, it was like the whole zoom thing, right? Everybody was zooming. We're having zoom dates and within a month, I don't want to, I mean, besides work, obviously we're zooming here now and we're talking and this is <laughs> exactly. I, I, we just, I just, I just shot four days zoom thing for something that I'll, they're really, really cool. That that will come out in three weeks. Really, really cool. What's it called? But What's it called? The, aside from that, the, you're right. The zooming thing is it's a little alienating. It's not quite. You, you see everybody, but suddenly then everything gets quiet because no one. Are you supposed to talk? Am I supposed to talk? And it's just better to almost. I'm supposed to talk, George. Yeah, I, I gotta. I gotta move. You gotta move. Gotta All right. Move. Well, we're, we're moving from you, George. We're gonna go to Susan. Susan, what about you? So. I'm not a social butterfly, even though I may appear to be. I'm more like Carl. So I I really prefer, like I, you know, I'm a homebody, like in a big, big way. And so um, my, my life, like Carl's has, in that regard, it hasn't changed because I'm just social distancing like I usually do. But um, I really miss being able to travel. I miss being able to go, I want to go see my dad. And um you know, that's really hard. I have three sisters that I really miss and want to see. And we're all spread out all over the world. And um, so that's really difficult. But I have uh, my dogs and, you know, that they are like delicious and they keep me in the present because they are so in the present. And, you know, I mean, I'm busy with work. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about voiceover is it forced me to set up my home studio and I audition so much every day. And I've done a bunch of video games from my closet. Wow. Which I never thought would be possible. That's and great. now I wow. never want to go back to it. Who studio. are your agents? By the way, I say social butterfly, but what I mean is you're sort of like the leader of this group in a way, because you're always trying to get a reunion, trying to get things going. Yes. So I, I, I sort of picture you as like, hey, she's like a go-getter. She's like, she wants to do her a Justice League reunion here. She's like the the person who's who's really heading this, spearheading this thing. Well, because I believe in it so much, you know. I and and if I believe in something, I'm going to fight for it. And um, this is something that you. I mean, I'm sure people are so sick of it, but um, you know, I called Bruce Tim not that long ago just to say if if I'm on the wrong path, then you let me know because I don't want the fans to come along with me on this journey and have them be disappointed. Right. And um, he said. Don't give up. You know, this is, it's not, it's not on the um, docket for us to do a reunion, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. So my leaf blower is going now. So anyway, I mean, I think that I don't have as many followers as you and Kevin and Phil and George have. So I'm just like one voice out there trying um, with, you know, some help obviously from people, but there's so much support out there for us well maybe after this we're gonna do it we'll do a post 
And we'll say, if you want a Justice League reunion, really make it heard, you know, yeah. you know let them hear it. And, and, you know, we'll go after, cause I think people are going to be really excited about us getting together and uh, Phil. Hi, Phil. Yeah. You've got to be, I mean, look, I know you love doing improv. I know you like to, you're always a man on the move. So what are you doing during this time? I mean, are you doing the same thing with Susan and George and Carl? Are you, you, are you busy too? Yes, definitely busy, not bored. Um, although at first it was busy with what have I been putting off around the house for the last yeah. 15 years? <laughs> you know, did all of that, you know, got out the, uh, you know, the wrenches and everything, you know. Um, how many times can i organize this cabinet for the love of god <laughs> it looks fine my ocd was just going nuts <laughs> exactly but then the voiceover stuff like had an upswing mm -hmm. you know not just kept going but like all of a sudden they're like hey i used to do you know our dramas but maybe now i should do a cartoon <laughs> you know, they're all... and um I was fortunate in that I already had a, a home setup, um, and but the whole learning how to be your own engineer thing, uh, mm -hmm. while <laughs> acting at the same time, mm -hmm. that's not a lot of fun. It's a huge learning curve in terms of the engineering because that's been a big deal, especially when they want you to to tape, you know, to record the backup for the session. And you're like, ah. it's like oh, added God. pressure. Like, oh God, I hope I pressed, you know, record when this whole thing started. Oh. Uh, you know, it's like stress. Yeah. <laughs> Maria, what about you? What are you doing? Are you holding up? Well, it's been for me a little bit of everything. At first it was like surreal. Like, I can't believe this is happening. There's a pandemic. Look at the streets bare. It was just like shocking and sad. But then there was a, a little bit of a, an interesting positive to stopping because having two teenage uh, daughters uh, and we're both actors, my husband and I, and so you know how crazy that gets in school and homework and rehearsals and they both are in show choir and theater and oh. all extracurriculars. It's like exhausting. Like So there was kind of an interesting time where well, this is not completely horrible that there's all this pain in the world. Um, there are some positives in that people are connecting more with their nuclear families. And we had some great heart-to-heart -heart talks and important discussions that were, were never, there were never any time for that because they were always like, you know, feed them, make sure that they sleep enough. And we'd have to have these rushed conversations or they were always exhausted. So I remember clocking how wonderful those important conversations were that we were able to have. And then as the weeks pro progressed, I was like, okay, David, we need to fix the house. <laughs> <laughs> because we're always at home. There's no excuse. Before everything shuts down completely, go to Lowe's and get the paint. And we redid my my younger, my 14-year-old's bedroom, just like she wanted it, ordered everything online. So that felt kind of like, a positive. Fulfilling. Fulfilling. How, yes, do, how do you do that? Let me ask you something. The first thing, the first thing you said, I was, I, I started thinking, this is a TV show. I can't, I am always the center of attention. Like I, I always have, I have ADD. I'm always going into a room. Like I got to make people like me. They're not going to like me if I don't, if I'm not funny. That's kind of stems from childhood, which I get into the show constantly and our fears and our anxieties. But when I look at you, you married an actor. Your kids are actors. To me, that sounds like a nightmare. There's other people getting all the attention. 
How do you deal with it? Because you like attention, right? I think I get plenty, and I've had plenty of it. And uh, as long as I am able to work, and that, that's been a little bit of a blessing, of course, though we need more work. But um, the Proud Family on Disney Channel has been rebooted, and I recur on that. So we had to do the whole make your studio even better in the closet thing, just like <laughs> Susan. And, uh, and I saw, you know, like what Phil's doing. I saw what he was doing online, too. And I... So we got a better mic. And so I was able to do a couple of episodes of that so far. And we're auditioning from home. And um, um, so they're not like professional actors. My daughter wants to be a singer, the older one. So she is going for it. And so she's doing college prep stuff. She's going to be a senior in the fall. And so it's, there's still like, I'm sure you guys are experiencing the ups and the downs. Yes. Um, making sure that we appreciate the blessings within this yes. horrendous mm-hmm. situation. There's always good that you can find in, uh, in the pain, uh, but there's definitely a lot of pain and that sucks. Yeah. I always find that I, I didn't understand why until I really started doing it. And it's not that I've never been grateful, but the more I practice gratitude and, and go to bed at night, closing my eyes and just saying, Thank, what I'm thankful for and, and trying to do for others. I always feel better. I always just feel better being grateful. It's like, it's almost like a cure for a lot of things. And like, we're lucky. I mean, we work, we we're in the entertainment industry and there's so many people who are starving or their families out of work. And it's like, it's tragic. So many people unemployed. So we are lucky. And so a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, and I like hearing these positive stories of like, you know, we got to keep busy. We got to keep doing it. And we also got to keep helping other people, you know, and, and doing the best that we can. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And, I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small and at times, we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside inside of you is brought to you by rocket money i love rocket money you know why because everyone should have rocket money because it just helps you save money how many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money just throwing away money ryan i i found one you and you did it you told me i got rocket money (laughs) 
like I, I found one. It I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and they're it's charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. I want to ask this because all you guys act and have acted and continue to act. What do you prefer, Carl? What do you prefer? Do you would you rather you like live action or you like voice? Or you like I like theater. Theater, I, I knew don't he was going to say that. All, or you get relatively little, but theater is the basis for everything else that I've done. I think um, for me, it's always been a balance. I don't think uh, probably in some ways, you know, on camera has been uh, the bulk of my paid work, but. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed the voiceover work that I've done, um, and, I, and I like I like all the different processes. But it always goes back to theater for me, um, and so I feel that balance. I always wanted to feel like I was versatile, and um, I like I, I I don't like being called a television actor or um, or a stage actor yes. or a voiceover actor or. I might like being called a film actor. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> but it it doesn't. It's yeah. I, I need the I need the balance. I, I need the balance. It's always been about that connection, and I and so it's just connection in a different way. Um, connection through a camera, or connection through a microphone, or connection in a room with people. So. As an example, I don't know what theater is going to look like as we move forward, but I know it's going to be different and everything is going to evolve. And that's very exciting. Scary, but very exciting. A lot of one-man shows in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Working on one right now. (laughs) Are you? Yes, yes. Fantastic. James Baldwin. Awesome. Nice. Cool. George? Go ahead, Phil. No, Phil. Phil. No, I was just saying that... um, you know, having bounced around from between scripted theater, unscripted theater, on camera, voiceover, what I found is my favorite genre is stuff that's good. Because <laughs> honestly, I feel like Justice League has more in common with Pulp Fiction 
than it does with pound puppies. You know, just because they're in the same, you know, medium. Mm. This this show that was incredibly well written, that mm. you know, honored the feeling of an ensemble, was a, almost a similar feeling to what I had on that set. You know, it's like everybody knew this script was amazing. We all wanted to be here, and we're all leaning into how can we make this, you know, even better. Yeah. Whereas if you do a bad play or you know a crappy TV show, you know we. How many of us have done a one of those sitcoms where like, is it Friday yet? No. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, we've we've all done it. We've all done it. <laughs> That's interesting. How you, I mean, you're right. It's about it is about the work. George, you probably feel the same uh, way. Yeah, I, you know, I've I've, I've been uh, <laughs> I've just been doing the dance for God for I don't know thirty years. I feel like I've been in LA, but um, I've been really fortunate, really lucky, blessed to to be able to do a little bit of everything. And 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 the thing they don't tell you when you start out when you're an actor and you're in college, you say, I want to do this. Uh, I love singing and dancing. I was a musical theater guy and a dancer forever. And, and um, then I got out of college. I, I was, I, I thought for sure I was going to go to New York and be a, in the chorus dancing. Cause I was like a ballet and tap and all that stuff. And, and then I got an audition in Chicago and I got flown out to LA for a screen test for back to the future. So that, and I got down to the very, very end, what? The very end, right, right before Eric Stoltz. Yeah. I didn't everybody, know that. It's a crazy story. Crazy story. And um, everybody was in wardrobe and makeup, and I did like a nine-hour screen test. I, you know, I did nine hours. Hard. Yeah. How many times could you see Doc? No. <laughs> <laughs> they built the set. They built the sets and everything. And everybody's in wardrobe. Crazy. So that experience <laughs> told me, oh, I thought I was going to go to New York immediately do theater, and then I came out to I was like, well, maybe I should just go out to LA and see what happens. I don't know what that is. So, but when I got here, they don't tell you what your what a life out here in Los Angeles is like no one there's no no one can tell you this agents managers you know auditions and all the rest of it so my, my, I guess my point is I was open to doing everything immediately and I was lucky to get a I got my first job my one of my first jobs in the first uh, six months of being there was an animated series at Hanna-Barbera with uh, Jody Benson and um, uh, Tim Curry it was called Pirates of Dark Water and uh and uh, what's his name uh, gordon hunt directed it so that was my first and then i did more on camera and then i kept weaving in and out of voiceover and animation and commercial and on camera and it just goes in phases and i don't really prefer one over the other but like like carl said it's great and wonderful when you can have a, a, a balance because it feels great to be on a set 16 hours a day sometime and seeing people and going to craft service and putting long hours in and getting paid. And then sometimes it's fun to be in this booth, you know, by yourself with having some peace and narrating an audio book. I do an, you know, the audio uh. books or doing an animation thing with all you guys um, or and going to conventions. I love that. I like meeting the, the fans. I, I, there's so many different parts of it. Um, so to answer your question, balance, I think it for me is what makes it most fun. I don't want to do just one thing and I don't prefer one over the other, honestly. Susan? Well, I'm I'm the outlier in this group because I don't do on camera. I did it for a very short time. I was lucky to have worked with a director as his assistant in 1990, Lamont Johnson. And oh. he was doing, <laughs> did you know Lamont? Yes. <laughs> and he was just a dear, dear man. And he knew about my aspirations. And he said, um, kid, you're going to be in this movie. And so he gave me a part. And it was just horrible for me. Like, I, you know, some people come to life in front of a camera or they forget it's there. And that was never going to be me. I was aware. I was nervous. I was 
I wanted to throw up. I just, it was just a nightmare. And voiceover um, felt comfortable. It was so enjoyable. I used to do the ads for my dad's business way back when, when I was 15. He would write, my sister would write the copy and I would go on the radio and I would do the ads for his uh, department store. So that always had a feeling of, of comfort for me and safety. Mm. But within voiceover, because my career is voiceover, I love having, I love doing it all. So that's where I find the balance. I don't do theater or live action, but I do narration. I do promos. I do commercial. And then I do some animation, but my bread and butter is really commercial voiceover. Um, Good on you. And I love it. I mean, it, it, it is just in so many ways, it is the perfect career. It's nice when you and just you also do video games. Oh yeah! Oh, right, and <laughs> which is, which is as, as far from commercial voiceover as I can imagine. No, and by the way, American. Phil, for someone who does as many voiceovers as you do, as many cartoons and all this stuff, and you know, in-house, you could have a better setup here. Your microphone sounds the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I'm on this. To, uh, it's fine. I'm kidding. It's it's absolutely <laughs> fine. Maria, talk talk to me. Yes, sir. Well. I love it all for different reasons. Uh, as a, I was a theater major in college and I, I loved theater and live theater. And I miss doing that because I haven't done as much of that. But um, I love television because you get a little, especially sitcom, which is what I've done a lot of, because you get that theater feel with the live audience and you can mess up and start over. It's like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love film because it's just so intimate. And um, I don't like the waiting, but that's that's part of it. Who does? I, I wish I did more voiceover. I wish I'd get more voiceover because I love it. I love that you have to make everything come alive with just your voice. I love that challenge. Um, I just, I find uh, it's all to me a performance and there's different sides and different challenges. And I, I enjoy meeting all those challenges within the different genres. I, I really like it. I even like hosting. I think that's so fun. You'd be, yeah. I mean, you, you have that personality. You could really do anything. You look at you and you're like, oh yeah, she's pleasant. Oh, she's got a nice voice. <laughs> she's <laughs> fun. That means a lot coming from one of the most pleasant guys. Well, I'll be honest with you guys. Well, look, a second ago, uh, Susan was talking about comfort and she wasn't that comfortable with acting as much as the voiceover and doing all that, the voice. And, and I thought the first thing I thought was comfort. I don't think I've been comfortable doing anything in my life. I'm always uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you guys, have you guys always been confident? What makes you nervous? What makes you, we'll start Maria. What, what, what makes you nervous? Do you get nervous when you're acting? Do you get nervous before? Are you pretty, I only get nervous if I don't feel prepared. Mm. Uh, if I'm prepared, then I'm excited. Definitely a similar physical reality in that the heartbeat fat is beating fast. Um, but different mentally. If you're prepared, it's exciting. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Phil. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> no, um, I'm the same with Maria. I don't get nervous anymore unless I'm doing something I haven't done before or that I'm un that I feel like, Oh gosh, I should know this better. I should, um, what two winters ago, I did my first musical 
um, at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium, like a big musical with like real dancers and everything. And honestly, that was probably the first time I was like nervous in about 20 years. What happens when you're nervous? Is it something you could deal with or is it something that was overwhelming and it was in your thoughts all the time during that process? It's, um, it's, it's funneled. You know, I, I, I remember the very first time I went on stage in eighth grade, just walking out on stage, opening the play with a monologue and you feel the energy of the audience hits you. And I think for some people that can be overwhelming and like, it's like being electrically shocked. And for some people it's empowering. It's like, these people are mine. I'm stealing their souls and it making me large. Carl's eyes you know? just lit up. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Carl, is that you? No. 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 Well, Carl, well, I remember Carl told me a story when he first, you know, got into performing. And that was a bizarre, which, which is so funny to think of you being unprepared, being, you know, not a natural. Yes, no, I was not a nudge. I was a writer, and I essentially, um, I was a journalist. I was assigned a story to cover this theater, improvisational comedy theater, that had lost their cast to L.A. And they had a public audition with a couple hundred people. I ended up going there to cover the story, was handed an audition card, and thought, well, this will be perfect. I'll write this story from the standpoint of someone who desperately wants to be a part of this company and then has to watch as other more talented people are picked. And so it was over about a month period on the weekends and they kept winnowing it down. And um, in each iteration of um, letting people go, I I remained. And there were probably a number of factors for that. This was in Minneapolis. I, I may have been the only black actor, uh, black person who was in this process. Anyway, it ended up being uh, whittled down to five people. I was one of the five people. Uh, then I told them, no, I'm not actually here for this. I, I wrote this story. I showed them the story and I said, so give it to, you know, it should go to someone who wants it. And then I, I forgot it. And then they called me back and said, would you be interested in Considering being part of the company, you wouldn't. I mean, you, Carl, are you saying that you wouldn't be an actor if it wasn't for that? Absolutely, I would not be an actor. What was the company, Carl? It was Dudley Riggs Brave New Workshop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it was kind of the fellow who had uh, been Del Close's partner mm. in um, Second City had split off and. Mm. Made, Carl, uh, do you believe in the hand of fate? Do you think fate? It, obviously, right. That's the only way I think it could have happened. And then, of course, certain things, because in that instance, it was sort of like riding on your feet, and you also needed other people. And I am a fairly private person, but I really loved um, that collegial feeling. And that's part of what I, I love about doing this work, is that... In a way, you're doing it by yourself, but you're, it's always collegial. It's always either um, in concert with a, a writer and a director or in concert with the other people you're working with. And um, in these instances, I feel like an extrovert because I want to bring my best to the table. And what's make, what makes me nervous is when I feel certain about what I'm doing 
we're going to do. Wait, what makes you nervous is when you feel certain that's when you get nervous? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I like I like that I like the feeling of um I used to play basketball in college. And if before a game I didn't feel slightly nauseous, I always wondered <laughs> yeah. what was going on. And and generally in the middle of that wonder I would begin to feel slightly nauseous and then I'd be fine because I think the un, that uncertainty is the only thing you can count on in, um, in life. And um, it's, it's, it's certainly well in and out of my professional life. You know, things happen that you just didn't see coming and um, you, you roll with it. You, um, so yeah, this was not what I had planned. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's baffling. Susan. It's like somebody handing Babe Ruth, hey, have you ever swung a stick? No, I never even thought about it. <laughs> it really is. It really is. That's why, that's why he got it, because he didn't want it. Wanting it is the kiss of death. You have to yeah. Uh, Susan, you get nervous. You, 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 what do you do? Um, so I was nervous for every session of the Justice League. I would pull into the Sherman Oaks Galleria. And uh, which people can't believe that we actually worked there, by oh, the yeah. way. Um, oh, my God. And we would, I'd pull into the under, you know, underground garage and I would be so, you know, terrified. And uh, like I said, it was very intimidating because I was the only one in the cast who did not have the background. Everyone else had like this, you know, like Phil had done Pulp Fiction, like all these people, you were stars to me. And George, my God, George, I grew up watching George. I had such a crush on George. I still do. He's pan- um, panamiming yeah, smoking a cigar. Of the Bride was like such a big movie for me. Oh, yes. So, you know, it was very intimidating. It was always, always intimidating walking into that room. But I think that, um, you know, you just, you, the excitement, like Maria talked about, I was also so excited to say the words and to be like, work with all of you. And um, and to be part of that ensemble, I, it was so electrifying to me to have that experience. Mm-hmm. So like it was it was scary. It was always scary and it was intimidating. But at the same time, it was invigorating. And I, I loved it. I loved every moment. Of I it. was. Ner- Let me tell you something. I, I got nervous. I, I was definitely nervous. And for me, it's just like you want you almost want to do something. And then when you feel like, okay, I've, I'm in the, I'm in that zone. They like it where that's when I can kind of let go. And that's when the confidence really takes over. So if I could find that, but when there's like, you know, you're unsure, it's the uncertainty is it's always, if you let it get the best of you, it can drive you crazy. So I'm like, you're not drinking a Coke right before this. You're not doing Coke before this. (laughs) Not that I do Coke. It was a joke. Coke joke. Well, rhyme three. Uh, all right. Uh, George. Uh, wow. You know what? Uh, so many things make me nervous, uh, but I, I think it's just one of those big life lessons for me, which was I always do better when I don't feel like, like I'm being judged. And that's what, what I like. Maria is so comfortable doing sitcoms or even theater when, when I'm doing a sitcom and the material is even just mediocre or and most people can make it funnier and better. I'm not that way because I feel judgment. I'm, I feel like the writers are like leaning in going, ah, ah, or the producers are there going, Oh God, you better deliver here, buddy. I, I, I tend to fall. I tend to, I tend to shrink. So, so what makes me nervous is when I feel judged. And so my life lesson has been, my journey has been 
don't worry if people are judging you. Just find that piece that you're going to do your best. And if they don't like it, it's okay. And if you get fired, it's okay. Cause I've been fired a couple of times. And once I got past the second firing, I went, Oh, I'm, I'm, alive. I'm still alive. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. It's sort of a, yeah, yeah. It's like a near death. Ex- it's a death experience. And well, the first time it happened, I was like, uh, it's over. I, I don't think I'm going to live I've just been professionally. I'm, I'm, I'm done. And then I lived and I got another job and then I got a job and then I got fired from something else. And then I got another job. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Some people don't like you. Yeah. The judgment, like some people will never like you and that's okay. It's the flip side of when you first get to LA, like the people who tell the stories, I got to LA, I got off the bus, someone handed me a movie script and they think that's how it works. That's not how it works. I, I will get a job every day for the rest of my life. And when the first time you get fired, you're like, I'm going to get fired every day for the rest of my life. Yes. You know what? It gives me more anxiety when I get offered roles. And now I know people can say, oh, well, you get offered roles. When I get an offered a role, it means that I'm going on set and they're expecting something. And if that's not it, then they're like, yeah. uh. So when I audition for something and I test and they're like, yes, that's what we want. I know I'm going on set. I know what they want. But not knowing what they want gives me more anxiety, and then you're more apt to maybe get fired. Well, yeah, the offer is basically like going on stage without rehearsal. Because when you audition, it's mm-hmm. fundamentally, you know, it's like, hey, did you like that? Great. Okay, now I yeah. know what, what to do. Yeah, Michael, we want you to play Gary Oldman. Oh, and I go on set, and I'm like, I have crossed oceans of time to find you. No, we don't want you to impersonate him. We want you to be, oh, I don't know what to do. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, look, th- this is called shit talking uh, with the Justice League. These are uh, patrons of mine. They get to ask questions. So it's Spitfire. I mean, we could, uh, is that what it's called? Spitfire, Ryan? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid okay, I didn't go to Yale. <laughs> didn't go to Yale. We're going to ask some of these questions. We're going to read something in a little while that you guys all have, right? Yes. Yeah, Maria's like, oh. what? No. Um, <laughs> no, I have it. Oh. Maria's got a printer that works. So, you know, know, what's funny is I, I, this is Leanne P. It says, who are some of your personal heroes? I, for some reason, I'm not wearing my strong context. I thought it said, who are some of your personal herpes? The the O looked like a P. I thought that that would have been a terrible question. What's your personal herpes? That that makes sense. Yeah, because then I'd have to, you know, name check Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. (laughs) <laughs> who are your favorite super herpes Leanne <laughs> P yeah yeah I see what you're saying now see how you yep. Leanne P who are some of your personal heroes now this is rapid fire so uh, Carl personal heroes Barack Obama James Baldwin um, man it's, it's difficult because I, I feel like I'm so um, you'll have to only have to name one my father um my mother um, and my late wife. That's beautiful. And I know Carl and, you know, we all said it. I mean, it's, you know, on this show, it helps so many people because so many people write into me and talk. We talk about loss. We talk about 
you know, uh, adversity and anxiety and depression and everybody deals with it. And, you know, I, I think this show tries to normalize that. And, you know, my heart always, it, it just, it, it just sank when I heard about your, and it's been, I think 10 years now. And how do you, how, just briefly, I know you don't get personal and we can cut it if you want, but how do you, how do you move on? What do you do to, um, continue on? Because I'm sure it felt like this bottomless pit, this place where you're like, I don't, you know, and, and what, what helps, what, what do you do? Well, you go to the bottom because that's real. Or, I mean, I went to my bottom and then um, it, in the bottom, I remembered that connection. The reason I say she was my hero was because she lived with a lot of illness for a long time in her life, but there was no way you would know it. Um, and so that became a beacon to get me back. Um, and there, and what one of the things that happens is that initially, all you can think of is that loss. It takes up all of the space in your being, and you forget that you only feel the size of the loss because the magnitude of the joy was that much greater. Oh. And as that begins to flood back in, um, literally, uh, the loss is carried downstream. And you're left with this beautiful river of memory of of what what you still have with you. So, oh. yeah. Carl, I'm gonna yeah, I'm just on the verge of tears right now, and I'm honestly calling you. Every time I experience loss, I'm calling Carl Lumley. <laughs> you're you're gonna help me through life, Carl. You're I'm gonna call you. See some of your posts, Michael, about you know, yeah. your some, your grandmother or your aunt, and you know it just it's um, they're so dear. It's such a different side of you, which I, I don't know. And so reading your posts, it's like I've gotten to know you a little bit better through them. And they're so heartfelt and vulnerable, vulnerable. I mean, so they just broke my heart, but in a, a wonderful way. Thank you. You, you know, know I, I think that what I've learned is, you know, you try to, while they're here, you know, tell them how much you love them. And obviously it's never enough. You're like, I could have done this. I could have said that. That's just something that I think everyone does. But, you know, I start thinking about, you know, my uncle, who's an amazing man. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about him. Why don't I just post how I feel about my uncle, how great he is. And I do it. And or I post about someone I love or I admire, or uh, I, I try to do things now before that, just so they know how much I love them, just because I know how how emotional I am and how devastated I'll be. So I'm trying to protect myself, but also, you know, uh, speak the truth, especially like my friend Grant Imahara, who, you know, was such an amazing man. He, 49 years old, brain aneurysm gone. He was a, a USC grad. He made robots. He uh, was on Mythbusters. He, but he was the most down to earth, fun, loving, gentle soul. And it just, stays with me because it's you know you it's he's he's my age he's our age he's it's just like this young man who had so much and it, that just for some reason i mean obvious obvious reasons anyway george um yes. and i know you know you lost your mother when you were 15 and i know she was a big supporter of yours and again to you it's like you know what what was i mean you're young you were a kid you know and yeah, she I was, was good i was good i you know i I don't know but i think her, her mother my grandmother was a, a big a big influence in my life so um she was the first lawyer in Arkansas and uh, just a matriarch. She was like Auntie Mame and she was sort of, sort of the, the hero in my life. And, and, and also one of the other heroes is, uh, this is going to sound strange. Uh, I, uh, I was 
raised in the South. I was raised in Arkansas and there was a, a African-American man, black man who lived with us, who was our, basically my mother. My mother was a, a, a terrible alcoholic and all the rest of it. So he lived with us. He raised my mother's family and he was with us. And he, I considered him practically my father. My father was very, uh, always at work and sort of distant. So Levi was his name and I, he was my hero. And I still think about him to this day. Greatest, That's awesome. greatest, greatest man. That's amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah. So he was my mother and father figure in many respects. Yeah. You and know what? It sounds so cliche, but don't you really believe that? You know, I, I try to practice what I preach and I'm not a doctor, but like, you know, on this show, it's like, you know, when you do have loss, you know, some, you know, people go really low and they start to drink or they start to do drugs and they start to, and they just can't deal with it. And it really, I know it sounds kind of surfaced, but if you think about like, is this what they'd want you to do? Like, is this how you're like, you know, uh, you're dealing with it there, you know, this happens. So don't you want to live the best life you can maybe for them? Or maybe, I mean, I think there's some truth to that. It's like, I want to make my grandmother's uh, grandfather smile up in the right. heavens. I want to say, Hey, I'm doing this all for you. You are here. You're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I'm doing it. And without you, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And so I, I believe that. Yeah. So in so many ways. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I, 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 I believe that the more we co-create with God and my uh, relationship with God for me is very important. And uh, I feel like the more I can get in tune with what, what the bigger picture is, the happier I am. You know what I mean? That that's always, I I'm always better when I'm, I'm, when I just let go of this and yeah, go with, I, I say with, whatever yeah. makes you happy, whatever works for you, you do. And everyone should respect that and love that. Whether, yeah, sure. you know, whether yeah. it's spiritual, whether it's God, whether whatever it is, that's why I mean, we wouldn't have fucking wars. If people could just say, I Hey, I love that. Love that. Don't just, don't tell me what to do. No, do no, believe I, what exactly. you want to believe. No, I, I get it. I get it. Well, I, I know, it's, but, it's I, like, but by the way, God's distant, you know? but I believe in God too. Also, just so so you astonishing know, about this conversation is like everyone has their sorrow and everyone has their story. And yep. You never know when you walk into these rooms what somebody's story is. Oh, and, you know, yeah. we, we think everybody else has their shit together and we think everybody else has so much confidence and look at them and aren't they fabulous? They're fabulous and talented and they've got it all together. Meanwhile, he just lost his wife. She just lost her mother. Right. Um, she's been battling depression. You know, we don't know. Exactly. What people are carrying around and right. everyone's right. carrying around something. So Susan, right. who's they your hero? Are. You know, I don't, it's nothing like, it's not like, oh, it's, you know, Michelle Obama. It's nothing's jumping out, except there are some people that I've met through Twitter that are fighting the good fight. You know, it's one thing to like puff, puff, you know, tweet something as Wonder Woman and come off as brave and get like, you know, a hundred people to think it's fabulous. But there are people like Shannon Watts who, you know, started this um, campaign against the NRA and to work for gun control and she gets death threats and she, you know, there are just so many people who are on the front lines of whatever their cause is and they're unafraid and unapologetic and they're speaking their truth to the to power. And I have so much respect for that. Absolutely. Somebody like Shannon, somebody like these, you know, the politicians or the, or people in the private sector who are trying to get shit done or trying to change our climate or, you know, make our lives better, but aren't just talking about it or tweeting about it. Doing it. Out yeah. there doing it. And I have such respect for that. I love such that. Respect. Phil. See, I'd say don't heroes. you start singing. We don't need another hero. 
Phil. Who's your hero? <laughs> we don't need another hero. What if we did a musical with all our voices, like all our characters? We don't. We don't need another. Sydney Poitier and my mother. Beautiful. Both people who overcame obstacles to you know achieve great. Like my mother was the first person in her family, also from Arkansas, George. Really? Um, wow. Uh, seventh of eight kids, mm. first one to go to college. First one in the entire family history to wow. go to college. Wow. And not only that, but then provided the ability for me to go to college. Right. I love and it. And Sidney Poitier, just, you know, as someone just who also, who worked on a personal level, but on a symbolic level as well, you know? Right. Think about the adversity. We can't even imagine. Well, right? I can't even imagine. I can't you imagine. You guys can imagine. Carl can imagine. Can imagine. Phil can imagine yeah. more than I can imagine. Not me. I'm the, I'm the privileged one. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? It's like. But, but that's the thing. To accomplish what he accomplished when yeah. he accomplished it. Yeah. Those people on the front lines for all those years. Talk about bravery. Yeah. Uh, Mar- Maria. Maria. Who's your hero? Maria. So when you said personal hero, that I think of people that I want to be like that I admire their character and their actions. And the person I look up to as a person of faith, as a Christian is Jesus. And that's who I want to be like. That's who I call on to renew me, change me, uh, save me. So I think of him as number one. Uh, And then people that I know personally in the flesh, uh, I think about um, people whose capacity to love to me, that's, always something I'm in awe of, that they love in spite of so many reasons not to love. Uh, I think that's really the goal. And I think about um, my husband because he, I admire his capacity to love, his compassion, his patience. And and even though we argue and I don't like some things, I, I like so much about him and I want to be like him Aww. in so many ways. Um, that's awesome. You know, as I've matured, I'm able to actually look at very flawed people that I have focused on the negatives about and actually admire them like my mother, uh, Mm -hmm. who I was able to really mourn years after her death because I, I focused on all the frustrations I had. I focused also on why wasn't I even better for her? And my husband says, you were, you were, I can tell you as an outsider, you were, you did a, 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 a the best you can and you did a lot. But, you know, I think I should have done more, especially as a person of faith. I should have been able to love even more. I should have been able to uh, forgive immediately, sooner, and, and, and take even more crap. But um, <laughs> I realized that, that I'm limited. I'm limited in my own flesh. And I was actually the best I, I could be at the time. And it was pretty good coming from somebody else's opinion that I, I respect, like my husband. I love that. I have, you know, I feel like I think about, you know, I definitely think of my grandfather, just unconditional love. I remember him handwriting letters to me all the time, just saying, Mike, I just, I'm so proud of you. We've always been proud of you before anything ever happened. You know that we love you. We only want to see you do well. We, we, you know, it's just, we love enjoy that you enjoy us so much. We're grandparents. Most people don't really give a shit about us. <laughs> You've always loved us and called us every, and so I always think of him. Um, and my grandmother, Ruthie, 
Um, all right, so this is rapid fire. So we got to bolt through these so we can listen because this is this is great. I love all this. This is so so amazing. Thank you for all your uh, openness. I mean, you know, it's a Justice League. I know people are probably, but this is kind of the show. So we want to talk. We want to laugh. We want to have fun, but we also want to like you know be insightful and be uh, real. So I appreciate all you guys, uh, Marissa N. You all played amazing superheroes, but aside from the role you played, who would you say is your favorite superhero? Really quick, Carl, who's your favorite superhero? Martian Manhunter, as <laughs> played by David Harewood on Supergirl. On Supergirl. <laughs> who you work with? Because he's my son now. So. Right. That's amazing. All right, George. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I really I admire Batman. God dang. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Susan. Yeah. So I would say Wonder Woman. If I can't say Wonder Woman, I'd say Superman. All right. Maria. I know Batman is hot, but I love Superman because he's so pure. (laughs) She's hitting on you, George. Phil. Spider-Man. No doubt about it. The awkward teen who gets powers and is flawed. That's good. But not, but but light (laughs) on the tragedy. I love Batman, but Batman's basically a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like being the Flash. Uh, I mean, you know, cool characters, Batman's definitely. But don't you think, Michael, that, like, it, as casting goes, don't you think you were so perfectly cast? Yeah, that? he was just, like, kind of just having fun and just trying to lighten everything up. Yeah, right? I think perfect. I think so. Perfect casting. Yeah, perfect thank, casting. thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, really quickly. Ray A said, I heard Maria was really pissed when it ended because they left everything open-ended. Now, this is just what he said. Maria, maybe you didn't say it. Maybe you weren't pissed. I think we were all upset, so. Would you all get together to play those characters in a cartoon movie? Of course, I would. Yes, everyone? Yes, That's the point of the yeah. Justice League reunion for a movie. Absolutely. For a movie. Yeah. Not for the series to continue because it's not going, that's never going to happen. I think we had two more, I think we had two more years easy. Easily, I don't, it was just, it was just so well made. for sure. Um, Unlimited for sure. But you know, we ran five years. I mean, it's a toll. Like we had, well, we had, we had two for um, the Justice League and three for Unlimited. And that's a lot. Were you Unlimited? Yeah. And that's a lot for a card. Wow. I guess it is. Whatever. But like, you know, when hey. you have the fans that we have, I think a yeah. movie that they do would be the perfect. And we're doing some, we're going to do some reunions next year or whenever. So see us at some cons. Yukiko, really quick. I did enjoy the story of the Flash and Lex's mind swapping. I'd love to hear if everyone, including Rosie, had any memories of the story. I just remember working with Clancy Brown. He was Lex. I was Flash. We switched brains. It was kind of confusing and fun and weird. And Andrea Romano directed us beautifully. And it was just fun. And uh, everyone always loves that episode that I encounter. Didn't you guys do that thing where he, you would read the lines and then he would read them based on your, like, okay, or hey, Michael, how would Flash say this? And then, yeah. Yeah, you guys do that? exactly. I would be like, I don't even care what you're saying anymore. This, and then he would go, and then he would do his and he would do it. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, Bob K, what prep work did the, each of the stars and Rosie, I like stars and Rosie, K- kidding, <laughs> kidding. Do, what did they do for the role? They feel did like you, they know you. Did they, did you research the characters and start reading the comics? Guys, you could guys just talk about any of you could say it real quick. Did, did any of you research the characters or what you were going to do? Or well, I, just, knew the, I would say most of us, I knew the character. I mean, it's Wonder Woman. So I knew Linda Carter, um, but research, no, because you know, the, we were doing what Bruce wanted us to. I mean, Bruce Tim, beautiful Bruce man, Tim. brilliant. So, I mean, you have those scripts. It's like that's what you're going to do. If people ask if I channeled Linda Carter, no, because 
I wasn't doing Linda Carter. I was doing the Justice League version of Wonder Woman. But I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't follow comics and all that stuff. I didn't follow Smallville or Superman or anything growing up. So for me, like the one that I really, if I was playing Martian Manhunter, Carl, I, I would be like, how do I act like this guy? Did you well, were you like girl? I mean, who who was hot girl? <laughs> yeah, Maria. Were you guys like? Well, how do I do this? I remember she really wanted uh, Andrea wanted us to use ourselves, our authentic voices, our authentic experiences. So I remember when I did look into a little bit about her for the audition. She froze. Missing uh-huh. her and her people, and so I thought uh, how I left Miami and I missed my wife, my lovely the whole Cubanness of Miami and my heritage and. And I tapped into that, and it, and it it was real for me. So that goes right with Shaira's experiences. And if it's authentic, uh, it really it resonates with people. So it's about finding the hero, the character in your own self. And I think we we did that. Thank God. All right, a few more questions, then we're going to read this thing, and that that'll be it. But this is the main. You know what? This has worked out perfectly. I thought thought five people would be difficult. You guys are so sweet and fun, and the stories are great. And I and I hope you're enjoying it somewhat. For uh, you know, love it. Good. Love it. Um, love it. Good. I, I like love that. Sing Carl. That's all. I lo- I really do love Sing Carl. I love seeing all of you. Uh, Phil, really quick. Braden says, "What was your favorite memory working on Pulp Fiction?" I mean, you hear this all the time, but come on. Um, going out for drinks on Friday nights. Ooh. and belling up to the bar next to John Travolta. Now, granted, what? he was, you know, four deep in talking baby movies at the time, but he was still Vinnie Barbarino. Oh, <laughs> what? Phil, give me another drink. You know, this what? is like somebody I grew up watching, you know, and it was just like, yay. Oh. Yeah, that's a treat. Let me ask you a personal question. Did you get, like, a lot of residual money from that one, that you know, that part on Pulp Fiction? From Pulp Fiction? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, yeah. You didn't? Man, that's the most but, one of the most memorable parts, too. Yeah, no, no. You, I'll, I'll take those Family Guy checks over uh, <laughs> the Pulp Fiction checks. Oh man, man. you're just so lucky when you work on those big shows, man. I want one of those cartoons, Dad Gummin. Yeah, oh. Sam. Sam says. Uh, lastly, for Phil, uh, no, this isn't for Phil. This is for Carl because you're playing uh, John John's brother in Supergirl, right? No, nope, that's me. That's he's playing his father. father. Oh, that's what it brother. is. Carl, you're playing a father, and Phil. This is Carl, Carl played my my, my father, father too. My gosh! Yeah, on Supergirl. I didn't know. Yeah, that. Carl, how is your experience on that? Oh, it's it's it's, it's tremendous. I I really I really enjoy it. The thing that when we were talking about the initial character. What I attached to was the fact that uh, he was um, an immigrant, and it was not unlike my father. He had, you know, come to uh, Earth. His was he, <laughs> as the only other um, Martian, so there was no one who understood him at all, and he had to make a decision about how to live in a world that was not his, and um, and then made this fantastic liaison with these odd um super beings <laughs> none of whom could discorporate and uh, none of whom and i think he's i think he stopped going into their minds i think it was it was um better to just experience them as they were with 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 wonder and um consternation and um and and so I felt like I had a lot of that in me and that I had experienced a lot of that with my father. 
And then, of course, being green in uh, <laughs> a society that is, you know, zero green. I love it. All right. We got the scripts. So we're going to have some fun here. By the way, we could edit it. So if we want to do it again, we can to make it really good. Because Maria likes that. So this is the read through. <laughs> this is the read through. Uh, Ryan here, who you can't see, is going to read for the pedestrian. And I'll just read Batman, I guess. I don't have the script. Oh, you don't? <laughs> All you have to do is when when uh, Batman says, where did you get that sweater? Where did you get that sweater? You just say Marshalls. Ooh, Mike, look at you. We got to get you a video agent. Yeah, I need, I, 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 I need voiceover work, I'm saying. All right. The Justice League hits the Sherman Oaks Mall. I wrote this in five minutes. Batman needs a sweater. <laughs> Martian Manhunter John Johns hates the mall. Flash loves it. Green Lantern, also a mall enthusiast and lover of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Wonder Woman is annoyed with the Flash, as usual. Hawkgirl is just feeling sassy and is always full of knowledge. Superman has a date with Lois Lane later and trying to cover it up. He's also in a hurry. So, interior, Sherman Oaks, mall, day. Why are we at the mall? Because Batman needs a sweater. Yep. <laughs> Them bat nips are poking through his costume again. Quiet, Flash. Let's do it again. That sucked. I can do it better. We'll be faster. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I forgot that I was Batman. I was like, who's reading Batman? <laughs> All right. Do you, do you want me to do it, Mike? Or you, yeah, you want to read Batman? Yeah, you're talking to yourself. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you read Batman. You read Batman. All right, here we go. Interior Sherman Oaks Mall day. Why are we at the mall? Because Batman needs a sweater. Yep, them bat nips are poking through his costume again. Buy it, Flash, and stop staring at my nipples. I hate the mall. You can't get any lower than... Being at the mall. <laughs> I like the mall. They have Ben and Jerry's here. I bet you they have my favorite. Mint chocolate chip? Yes. <laughs> okay, can we please get this sweater and get out of here? Wow, someone hates the mall more than I do. Superman, do you have a hot date you're not telling us about? No. Why? Who said something? Flash? Not me. I didn't say a word about you and Lois hooking up. Ugh, can't tell you anything. Flash? How many women have you hit on in this mall? Ooh, Wonder Woman. Someone jealous? Uh, gross. Please. No. Quiet. Batman sees a pedestrian wearing a really nice sweater. He walks up to him. The pedestrian is a little startled. Where did you get that sweater? Marshalls? Crap. This mall doesn't have a Marshalls. But there is a Martian manhunter here. <laughs> God, you guys get it? Marshalls, Martian. That wasn't funny. Oh, he's never funny. Can we please just leave the mall? Hawkgirl checks her watch for an alert. Well, you're in luck, Soups. Brainiac was just spotted attacking the Culver City Mall. Well, can we at least stop by Ben and Jerry's real quick? I would really love some mint chocolate chip ice cream. Yes! <laughs> As they all walk off, Superman pouts. Another mall? Ugh, Lois is gonna kill me. I didn't say anything. Quiet. Perfect! Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Rosenthal. <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> this has been a real treat, guys. This has been some, I hope we get to do a reunion together. It's just so easy. Oh, we're going to do it. You well, know? It's a real pleasure. Yeah, well, work on Don't forget yeah, to use the too. hashtag jail reunion. Yes, by the way, really quick, let's start with Carl. Carl, just something people could look forward to. And uh, if you're on uh, Instagram and all that, where can we find you or what, what's up? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I can't say what it is, but I'll be there. Oh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited. George? 
Uh, I've got something that's coming out in about three weeks with really big stars. Ooh. And it's a fundraiser, and it's really cool. So everyone tune in in three weeks. And what's your handle, George? Uh, at George Newburn on Twitter and uh, and uh, Instagram. Follow my favorite Superman, please. Because Tom Welling wasn't Superman. He was just Clark Kent. You're my favorite Superman. He's my favorite Clark. <laughs> Susan? Uh, so I have some Wonder Woman coming up, but um, I can't tell too much about it. But it's it's a Wonder Woman story, so that's exciting. And uh, Susan Eisenberg won on Instagram and uh, Twitter. You've played like Super, uh, Wonder Woman in, in like 12 versions of, of Wonder Woman, right? In different projects? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I throw that in there. Phil! Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, for social media, I'm at Phil Lamar. Two L's in the middle, two R's on the end. Um, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. And um, as far as stuff coming up, uh, there is actually a Samurai Jack video game. Um, what? Supposed to be coming out sometime this summer. Um, that looks like they've really captured the, you know, the feel of the, of the show. And... Um, and actually, we're going to be doing a virtual con. Galaxy Con is doing a virtual thing with a group of us from um, the Star Wars um, animated shows. Cool. Um, so galaxycon.com uh, or on my social media, the info will be there. It's got to be so cool to be a part of that. that will start happening more and more. We're, we're going to yeah. be doing Yeah, I'm doing some of those virtual things, too. I'm doing right. Informa. Well, I'm sure not going to Florida for a convention. No, Informa. Sir. Informa, not Florida. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maria? <laughs> no. Maria. My handle is uh, at Maria underscore CB on everything. And uh, the next thing I'm, uh, you'll see me or hear me on is the reboot of Proud Family. I'm continuing to be uh, to voice Sunset Boulevardens. I love That's it. Funny. Sunset Boulevardens. Sunset <laughs> Boulevardens. Boulevardens. I'm not yes, Boulevardens. 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 <laughs> who's who's doing La Cienega? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's the same girl. She was great. Do you guys that, remember that writing on that show? Is so funny. It's really funny. I know. I'm I'm so sad that none of my characters on that show are politically correct enough to survive. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm Michael Rosenbaum. My handle is at the Michael Rosenbaum. And uh, if I could, I, you know, if you need a some voice work, uh, let me know. Uh, be great. Uh, uh, George Newbern, Superman, Phil Lamar, Green Lantern, Maria Canals, Barrera as Hawkgirl, Carl Lumley, Martian Manhunter, Susan Eisenberg, Wonder Woman. Uh, this has been a joy. I was a little nervous, but I, I once I got in, I remembered and I just started having fun. And I, and I hope you guys had a great time. And what's the hashtag, uh, Susan, to get this uh, to get this Justice League reunion going? What is it? JL reunion. Hashtag JL reunion. This is 20 years that from the inception of the first Justice League we did together, right? Yep. So uh, let's do it. I wish you guys all the luck in the world. I could talk to each of you for hours, but this has been great. I love you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having Thank us, man. It's so good love to see you all. Be you know that's that story Carl told about losing his wife. Just like I, I almost, I almost cried. That was rough. You, you could tell it was just like you know she was his life. Yeah, and um, that touched I me. Mean, everybody was so sweet and so supportive. And I know they're all busy. And, and to get people on the podcast, especially all these people at the same time, and you know everybody wants attention. Everybody wants their moment. And it's hard because when you have so many people that. But I felt like it worked out well. Like everybody got to talk. I, it wasn't mm -hmm. talking over each other. It was respectful. It was fun. It was insightful. Yeah. And you edited it. Was it hard? 
No, because uh, yeah, no one was talking over each other, and you you moderated it like a like a good old fashioned Comic Con <laughs> panel that we didn't uh, get to go to. You know, we should eventually do that. I think that would be fun if you and I went to a Comic Con once they start get going. You know, get going. We flew out for a weekend, and we did an Inside EU panel. And we had some of the guests, like maybe different guests come on. We just use one of those portable things. We film it. We use one camera. It's a two-shot or a, maybe a, two cameras. We set it up in a back room. We interview a couple actors that are there. We talk to some fans. Wouldn't that be something? We bring some fans and maybe some of my patrons will be there and we can interview them. I think that would be a lot of fun. So the, the future is bright. If we start believing in science, for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Uh, I want to thank my guests again from the Justice League. Next week is a great episode. Please tune in. Working hard and getting great guests. Oh, I also want to thank uh, Echelon, my sponsor today. My b- good buddy, Chris Balmonk. Um, I hope I mentioned his name right. Um, I met him on a plane, this guy. And uh, he, we started talking. He's like, well, let me send you a rower. Let me send you a mirror. And uh, I said, okay, free shit. And I put it up in my house, and it's just so nice to use. That mirror where I, I box and I could stretch or do yoga and uh echelon makes great products man so i'm just pumped that uh they gave me some stuff and somehow they eventually became a sponsor i guess because i like their stuff so much so if you're looking for to exercise or get going definitely try that stuff out and thanks chris for all your help uh he's actually sent uh some of my friends some uh some stuff my friend erica christensen from um parenthood Mm -hmm. sent her a stationary bike sent uh, laura vandervoort supergirl Mm -hmm. Uh, sent her one um so he's really cool and the product it just speaks for itself it's really good so thanks chris and uh let me thank my patrons now uh let's do that all right we're gonna see if uh ryan could do fast uh he got 15 last time i believe i did here we go thank you to all my patrons once again you guys are freaking amazing i hope you keep sticking around they call it the instagram the uh the patreon dip so at the end of every month, people, some people cancel, some people, you mm. know, they're waiting for the whatever. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, I lost 50 people. But then mm. you gain some back and it kind of fluctuates. So I always, at the end of the month, go, oh, no, we're, <laughs> they hate me. I'm like, no, they don't. They don't hate you. Some of them probably do. That's Not, why they left. I, th- I think rent just comes up. Yeah. Pff, yeah <laughs> hey, and by the way, yeah, I fuck. I, I, I hear you. Also, a big shout out to Food on Foot. It's one of the charities I work with. And, uh, you know, they're going through hard times. I mean, talk about a, a, a nonprofit organization who helps the homeless and does it in amazing fashion. Just go to foodonfoot.org. My good buddy Rob Dance was telling me that, hey, you know, these guys could use some help. And um, just go to foodonfoot.org if you can help. Uh, if you want to become a $98 club member like I am, it your money goes to a, an amazing um, organization and really helps people. I, it took me to going down there and being hands-on with people and seeing what they do and where your money goes. And uh, a lot of times you're like, oh yeah, I'll donate. I'll donate. I don't, you know, and you don't know where your money goes. And then when you see that this is helping people and the people that it helps, it's remarkable. And I'm like, well, shit, it's like going to the Jack in the box twice a week. If you just don't do that and donate, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, yeah. so thank you. Ronald McDonald house. Good, big shout out to my buddy, Preston. And his mom, Michelle, hopefully you're doing all right. We love you. And uh, Ronald McDonald House. Here we go. Here are the uh, top tier patrons. Nancy D, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Angelina G Lee, Robin S, Jerry Wood, Emily K, Bob B, Robert I, Jason W, Stephen J, Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Jess L, Jess J. Mm. Lucas M. Raj, 
Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Hamza, Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacy L, Carly H, Jennifer S, Janelle B, Carrie B, Tabitha 272, not to be confused with. Tabitha 273. Kimberly E, Crystal H, Mike E, Marissa, I already said Marissa. Was she already on there? Marissa N, Ramira, Ramira, Beth B, San Diego M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Roshan W, Ray A, Maya P, Maya P. <laughs> she wrote me a nice little letter. Oh. And said she uh, she liked the little song. I see Maya P. We love you, Maya. Uh, Megan J. Maddie S. Tiffany I. Kendrick F. Shannon. Matt W. Belinda N. Lisa J. Kevin V. Robert S. James R. Chris H. Snow. You remember that one? Snow R. Anusha W. Osborne H. Gabriella M. Dave H. Samantha S. Spider Man Chase. Sheila G. Ray H. Alyssa C, Misha H, Deb A, Tom N, Natalie 622, not to be confused with Natalie. 623. Probably, probably. And Henry S, some newcomers. Thank you for joining, patron. I usually uh, comment to you right after. I say, Rosie, it's me. I say hello. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate the support. Quick, rapid fire. Let's see if you could do it. Right. All right, I like starting with Osbjorn because he sounds like a Viking. Okay, Osborne. Uh Little Lisa, mm-hmm. uh, Ramira, Raj C, Hamza B. Uh, there was a Tom N. Uh, Kevin D. Uh, Jason W. Uh, Robert I. Bob B. Uh, Leanne P. Kendrick F. Um, Not to be confused with. Oh yeah, Tabitha two seventy two. <laughs> Spider Man Chase. Uh, Yukiko. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course there is, uh, there's Jennifer N mm-hmm. and there's, uh, Marissa N mm-hmm. and there's also, you know, I mean, who could forget snow? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, Lisa J mm-hmm. Stacy L Stacy L, L is right. L. That's correct. Um, and of course, um, the incomparable Kevin, there is a Kevin, Kevin F. Kevin V. Kevin V. That was 15, though. That's it's it's hard. Was that 20? Was that 20? That was 20. Did you do 20? I think I did 20. We're gonna have Ethan uh and Alex do the counting. I'm impressed, man. I don't think I could do it. I, I I get too nervous when people throw that at me, but uh, you know, I definitely know a lot of these guys. Yeah. So um uh, anyway, if you're still listening, <laughs> uh thanks to all you guys. And I just sent all the top merch boxes. There was 29 boxes of different months, so I sent them all out. So hopefully you get that. I know the with the election and all this other stuff, but it's all there. Uh if I've only had two Patreon boxes returned. Oh. And that's pretty good. Uh I, I I've sent out a lot of stuff. I hope uh it, they don't break because there's some nice uh put some wine glasses in there. And other people got the tumbler uh and uh yeah, some cool stuff. But anyway, it's uh, that's it. I think that's all I have to say. Uh, tune in for a Stage It at the end of the month. Last Saturday of the month, we're doing a big Stage It. Rob and I, make sure you follow me on stageit.com. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the handles, uh, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter. Um, join Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash inside of you. Inside of you store if you want to get cool merch. I usually have discounts and things, but there's a lot of cool stuff and it's going pretty fast. So thanks to also there's their t-shirts for uh, the band. Rob and I, it's a picture of us. It's like a cartoon. They're really cool. We get a ladies V's V-necks and, and straight collars. And those are at Rosenbaum and dancing.com or some shit. So check that out. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks for being here with me. 
It's nice to have somebody in the house. I got a haircut. Looks great. Thanks. Mm. With the headphones. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hopefully you're enjoying the inside of you, uh, inside of me that I did. I did uh, a couple of those last week. Um, there's a bonus episode coming. And uh, we got to do a uh, YouTube live. Um, so patrons beware. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be inside each and every one of you from Ryan and I here. We love you. And uh, be safe and happy and uh, be, be good to each other, will you? Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.